Welcome to Ask of Expert, brought to you by the team at Vexit.com. Our bi-weekly series is the podcast helping business owners, managers, and professionals thrive in the world of modern work. Here's this week's host, Polly Craig. Well, hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. We hope today's episode will shed some light on a topic that has caused many of us anxiety over the last year. COVID has presented a host of challenges for every business owner. And as we're all taking health and safety at the forefront, there have been a number of difficult decisions to make along the way. One tough decision on the minds of leaders is vaccination policy in the workplace. Now, we will note that each organization's situation is very different. And as we dive into today's episode, this will serve as just one account of how vaccination policies were implemented for this particular organization. Every business leader dealing with this will have to look at what is best in their own particular situation, taking into consideration their stakeholders and what they feel is best for their business, their employees, and their community. We're absolutely thrilled to have two exceptional guests with us today from True North Sports and Entertainment. True North owns and operates the Canada Life Centre in downtown Winnipeg, my favourite NHL team, the Winnipeg Jets, of course, and outstanding Manitoba Moose team of the American Hockey League. Don Haas joins us as Vice President Human Resources at True North Sports and Entertainment, and Dan Hirsch is Vice President and General Counsel. Dan and Don both bring their professional faculties to True North, and they also have a love of the game. Don is a board member of the St. James Assiniboia Minor Hockey Association, and Dan spent four years playing NCAA hockey at Princeton University. Who knew? We're so grateful to have them both with us today. Dawn and Dan, a big welcome to you to be on our Vexit show today. Thanks, Polly. Great to be on. Thanks very much, Polly. Well, I first want to extend a sincere amount of gratitude to you for opening up an offering to share your policies that you've been able to implement at True North. And a little bit of background for those that aren't from the community of Winnipeg, where your organization is, is that eyes were all on you when you came out and declared that you would have a requirement to be vaccinated to attend games. But then going deeper into that, obviously you have policies inside your own workplace. First of all, how did the conversation start within your own organization related to vaccination policies? I think, Polly, when we, when we look at our circumstances, you know, going back to when we first initiated these conversations, there are a lot of industries that were obviously adversely affected by the pandemic. And sports entertainment was right up there. You know, our operations were hit extremely hard. And so as we navigated through the, the pandemic, we were constantly analyzing and projecting when we might be able to reopen our doors to patrons and what that might look like. And I think at the forefront of our, our thinking, you know, was always taking into account the, the safety of our employees and their families, as well as that of anyone else attending our venues. And that includes our fans, but it also extended to service providers and anyone else you know, offering services and spending time in our venues. So from our perspective, from a, a True North perspective, I think with any major decision we're looking to make, we try to sit back and look at what do we truly feel is the right thing to do. And in this case, it involved a number of different stakeholders and specifically our employees as it related to our policy. So whether or not we should implement a, a policy or, or not, you know, at the end of the day, we are in the business of public assembly and, you know, specifically indoor public assembly for extended periods of time. So as we continue to set our sights on welcoming patrons back to our venue, 
I think we felt the right thing to do was mandate vaccinations and help ensure the safety of our people and to help those coming back to our venues feel comfortable doing so. Well, and as we said at the very beginning, you know, you're thinking much broader. If you do the selfish thing and you only look at, you know, you want as many people in there to drive as much revenue as you can, but you have the consideration of the other people there and the greater community that's at stake as well. So did it start with a policy internally or did it start externally with patrons? We started the conversation around having mandatory vaccinations for our employees. And these conversations started quite early. I don't even think we had access to vaccinations yet ourselves when we were having these conversations. It really did start with our employees. It was depending for our our patrons coming into the building. We knew that there would be a component with our government that would be a part of that. But it was, you know, let's start talking about how do we keep our employees safe? That was at the heart of it. And we started to get an understanding of what that might look like and identify other industries that might be doing the same, whether airlines were looking to do it, they were also hard hit. And so we were working to understand what that could mean and just started opening up the conversation then. At what point did you consult with your employees internally, right at the beginning? We consulted with our employees. We didn't do a a poll or anything like that, but we got the sense that we were such a hard hit industry and we were also very lucky to remain employed. There was a general understanding that we all knew that in order to get back to doing what we do and doing what we love in a really safe way, there was a strong consensus without any official poll that vaccinations were going to be the way to go. And how much of it was education? I keep hearing that it's all about the communication and being very clear and making sure that people are well-informed. Where did you get the access to information that you knew you could trust, that you could share? We consulted with our external legal counsel as one step. And then as far as educating employees, we actually didn't have to do a lot of that, to be honest. But all along the way, ever since the first week or so of COVID, we had been tracking it throughout the entire time. So it's not like anything was new to us. It had evolved throughout the entire pandemic, where at weekly leadership meetings, We were scanning what was going on across the globe. So we were well understanding of what that meant. And any education to our employees was to a very small percentage. So can you walk us through some of the steps from concept to implementation and then how you worked through it along the way? Yeah, I'll dive into that a little bit. So in addition to the legal considerations and the HR considerations. Um, We took into account the guest experience side, trying to look at this from the big picture and try to look at it from a few different perspectives. And as Dawn alluded to in the early phase, it was really just trying to get a handle on whether this was a feasible route to take. Really trying to also, at the same time, keep a, a bit of a finger on the pulse of general public sentiment and what the general public was feeling about mandatory vaccinations. And then as we started to look at this a little more, led to a little more analysis on the risks and other considerations involved. So I think that was the next piece. One was, did we think we could do this? And then the other was trying to understand and really dive into some of the considerations and, you know, potential constructive dismissal claims and wrongful dismissal claims. 
human rights claims that might arise from implementing a policy. I mean, those are all things that we looked at from a legal perspective. There were privacy considerations. We had to be aware and, and take into consideration PR considerations. Perhaps what might be helpful for other employers to keep in mind is not just looking at the internal risks or potential downside of implementing a policy, because easily that's where you tend to go with saying, well, how is this going to be portrayed and what might happen or, or what might be the fallout from those who take issue with a policy? But what we found was helpful was to, to try and flip that around. So it wasn't just who might be impacted or upset if we implemented a policy amongst our employee group, but who might be impacted or upset if we didn't implement a policy. And we tried to look at it from that perspective too. The approach that we ended up taking was a pretty black and white approach, and we communicated it to all full-time and part-time employees, and we communicated that they had to be fully vaccinated by a designated deadline, or they would not be permitted back into our venues if they did not provide proof of full vaccination by that deadline. How many people would that be approximately? We rolled it out to about 260 full-time employees, and then our part-time and casual pool At the time, it was around a 1,000 people that we rolled that out to. And I think what's important when we rolled out our policy was making sure there was enough lead time between when our policy went out to employees and when we were requiring them to be fully vaccinated. We stated our policy would be applied in accordance with our obligations under the Human Rights Code, which is an important consideration for all employers. And then ultimately, we set out the implications for anyone failing to comply with the policy, which obviously is an important piece of this. And in our world, it's that one, employees would be unable to enter the workplace or any of our venues. And then two, it would result in disciplinary action up to and including termination. You know, we just felt that black and white approach across the board, applying to all employees was the best from a a culture perspective, a consistency perspective. It's what worked best for us. So what were the results of it? Do you have employees that chose not to be vaccinated? Yes, we did. Uh, We had a small number of employees who made the decision that they did not want to be vaccinated. And so they were not able to meet the needs of our policy. That was uh, an interesting process. The majority of our employees, I would say, were very happy with the policy. I would say that even it's fair to say they were relieved to hear when we communicated it. That was the majority. And as we got closer to our vaccination date, you could also see people just felt a lot more comfortable being around others because this was at a time where folks were just getting used to being around other people again because we had returned to the office, much different than other organizations at that time or even at this time right now. And just for the folks who didn't, uh, you know, at first maybe want to be vaccinated, it just resulted in a series of conversations and lots of listening that had to happen. There were different reasons, a variety of different reasons, and just a range of them as well. And it was interesting because we had to go through those series of conversations with them. And the one thing that I did learn, though, through that process was the reasons why were real for those people. In their hearts, they wholeheartedly believed for their reasons that they should not be vaccinated. And it really just came down to say, you know, we're not telling you that you need to be vaccinated, but you can't come to the workplace if you're not. So that was sort of how those conversations went. You know, it wasn't about a debate. It was just about listening to their reasons and then accepting it. That's their choice. 
but we also have a job and a duty to keep everybody else safe. And that's what we had to do. I would also say that we learned a bit of a lesson too, because as the word got out to employees, as we started to communicate this, a lot of our managers, they started to panic because they didn't know what the status was going to be for the folks on their teams. And they were worried that they were going to start losing some key team members. So they started to take those conversations into their own hands. And if you're not aware of it or any biases that you have, those biases can definitely creep into the conversations. And so it did make for a couple of uh, sticky situations we were able to navigate, but that was definitely something because it just gained momentum so quickly that people were scrambling to figure out what was going to happen. And so there was a lot of work to be done at that time. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess we don't know what behavior is going to come out. And it's almost like a panic because you're out of control. You don't know what is going to happen. So at the bottom line, though, when you did the listening, you obviously had the majority of your people that were in line with your policy. I do have to imagine that it must have been a relief because it is black and white. There's always going to be people on either side that are on the periphery of that. But knowing that the people in your facility are now double vaccinated, it's a safer environment. It came out that you were going to have to be double vaxxed to enter the facility as a guest. And you were pretty early on in that. Was there discussions that you had with other sites that also were in this situation? The interesting thing on the venue side was that we had to consider it. It's a path that we had gone down in terms of where we wanted to land from a patron standpoint and you know whether we would require patrons to be vaccinated. What ended up happening here, though, was that ultimately the province took that decision out of our hands by mandating that events over a certain number of people requirement of entry would be full vaccination. And so, but we still went through that process internally. I mean, that's something that we went through because we didn't know. I mean, there've been so many moving parts to, to all of this. And, you know, we've continually just have to keep adapting to different changes. And so we didn't know for certain whether the province would come in and include something like this in an order or whether it would be us ultimately doing it. But I think, you know, one of our major considerations was again, looking to the safety of our people and our employees. And we were going to have employees working events. And it didn't seem right to have employees of ours working events, but yet not have patrons be fully vaccinated and vice versa. It didn't seem right to be expecting to have patrons come back to our venues and require them to be fully vaccinated, but yet our employees in the space, if we didn't mandate that they were vaccinated, it just didn't seem like that was the right thing to do either. So it seemed that if we're expecting people to come back to our venues, we should put that same expectation on our employees, that they be fully vaccinated and require the same of patrons. I must say that I was at your venue for a hockey game. And I mean, right through your organization, it's consistent, the level of customer service, the cleaning. And I'll just say it, you go into bathrooms, 
you've got somebody in there cleaning all the time. And maybe there's a little bit that's over and above because of COVID, but the whole culture that you have built and nurture within your organization seems to be very much a one team attitude. So is any of that new because of COVID? I mean, it's always been there, but I really noticed in the last game. I think we've like we've stepped up obviously to change the way we think about germs because of COVID. I think the whole world has. And I don't know that we were wiping down handrails before. That is definitely because of COVID, but it's in our fabric. We want to be the preeminent organization in the NHL and the North American entertainment industry. So we always work to punch above our weight. And our building went through a pretty extensive process to become certified like under certain cleanliness levels and air circulation levels as well, just to make sure that we are meeting whatever needs there are in the industry, but also to demonstrate to our employees and to our guests that we do take it seriously. So I'm sure there are some things that are happening because of COVID, but we'll always work to do our best, whether there's a pandemic or not. I think to just add to that, I mean, I I think our operations team has always done a fantastic job, but Trying to look at this, and and again, going back to the impact this has had on our industry, it's had such an adverse impact in our world, but you try and find silver linings through the pandemic. And I think everyone's tried to look at this to say, okay, what have we learned from this? And, And we've found different ways to do things, and we've put emphasis on some different areas. And I think hopefully we'll all have some takeaways, you know, once this finally settles down and goes away, whenever that actually happens. But, you know, we probably will do some things differently and we'll do some things better. And so, you know, try to find some silver linings through what has just been a a really challenging set of circumstances for our industry and for people all over the place. And what sort of feedback are you receiving both internally and externally to your organization? And have you had other venues that have come to you for you to share your experience with this? I think as we were developing our policy, I think there, you know, we certainly had conversations with other clubs and with other venues. You know, I think in some respects, everyone was almost waiting for someone else to go first and was hoping that someone would. And, you know, speaking candidly from our perspective, you know, we were hoping that there would be more direction when we were looking at, at what to do in this space. And we were hoping that someone else might go first or there might be more court decisions out there shedding some light on whether these types of policies would be enforceable or not, or whether they would be okay. And we found ourselves in a situation where we just, we felt like it was the time to do it and we had to pull the trigger and there wasn't a whole lot of guidance. So, but certainly there were a lot of discussions that went on behind the scenes with other venues, with other clubs, with some other companies trying to understand where everyone was. And I I think it really did evolve over time where initially there was a lot of hesitation People were looking at this area through a really conservative lens. And then once some companies took the plunge and there wasn't necessarily the level of outcry or they weren't having policies overruled or challenged left, right and center, I think uh, you know, others felt more comfortable saying this is a route that, that we can go as well. I can say on the people side, because there's a group of us from the different NHL clubs from DHR perspective, we we're pretty well connected and we share a lot because it's a unique industry. And at the beginning, there were, uh, I reached out to a few, I said, Hey, is anyone thinking about this? And the answer back was, you can't do that. And now some of those teams, they do have full policies in place. And so we were one of the first out of the gates with this. And then there was just a lot of sharing 
and learning. And so there was definitely a, a buzz about it when it first rolled out and ended up taking a lot of calls from different businesses, whether it was local or throughout the league, just to say, how are you guys doing that? So it was uncharted territory. And, and I'm not going to lie, even when we rolled out with it initially, I did hold my breath because we weren't really sure what to expect as far as response goes, either from our employees, you know, more broadly through our, our part-time and casual pool, because it's such a large group. But in the end, it's turned out quite well. Well, and I think when you talked about silver linings, from a patron or a guest perspective, one of the silver linings is how much joy I take in being in a venue that I know is safe and being able to just finally get out and be amongst people and enjoy that. So on behalf of all your patrons, thank you, because you know it took guts and you were a leader in that space and you've done very well by it. Is there anything else that you'd like to cover off today? You both have such deep expertise in this. And I think moving forward, what has changed? You know, we don't know how long COVID will be. I don't even know if you'll get direction on how long you have to check for people's ID coming into the building or whether you take that into your own hands. I think we're tracking what happens with third doses. If that becomes necessary, that's sort of, that's been on our radar all along. And I agree we don't know how long we're going to be doing this for. I think that we've heard loosely that we could still be doing this come springtime, but there's really no certainty over what that looks like. I guess we just have to wait and see, just like this whole pandemic has been. You never know what's around the corner, so you just have to be ready for whatever is going to come your way and manage it the best you can. I think for us, even from you know looking at our policy, appreciating that we put a policy in place that made sense when we put it in place and understanding that our policy might evolve a little bit over time. And anyone that's tried to predict what, you know, the pandemic and, and how everything's going to go, um, most of those people haven't fared very well because there are just so many curveballs. And so I think we're looking at it, you know, we have a policy in place that makes sense now. And as things evolve, we may have to revisit it. And there may be aspects that we alter a little bit and things that we change depending on, you know, it, to Dawn's point, whether a third dose is required, whether there are boosters, you know, different things that may come up and just being live to what made sense last summer when we went live with our policy might not make as much sense come the spring or we may, may have to tweak things a little bit. I think for us, I mean, ultimately what's best for our people and what's best for our business are always kind of at the forefront for us. And I think really the pandemic has just reinforced that for us. And, and I think importantly in that order, you know, people and then what's best for our business. And, and I think that's just, it's reinforced those principles for us just how, how important they are. And it's unfortunate circumstances to have to be examining those principles further, but it, it's where we found ourselves. Well, I can only imagine that, you know, now new hires, you have a policy in place. So it's easy bringing people on because it's established. And we don't know, another pandemic could be around the corner. So now that we've been through this awful situation, it gives us the ability to be prepared for other things that could potentially come around the corner. And not everybody is going to win, but you got through it. And we're all grateful for that. So what should business owners be thinking about as they look ahead to 2022 and policies in the workplace? I think from my perspective, when you're looking at a mandatory vaccine policy or, or anything related to this area, we went with a policy that made sense for our industry. And it involved 
keeping a finger on the pulse of our stakeholders and our employees and our employee base. And what worked for us might not work for other businesses. We felt that this was the right thing to do for our business. And we hope that a lot would follow suit and a lot have. But I think it's important to understand that you know each business does need to look at their own situation and try to figure out a policy that's going to work best for them. It's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all type scenario. There are certain policies that may make a whole lot more sense in another industry. And if you're just to take the policy we put in place and try to instill it in every other business, it might not work as well. And there may be a whole host of reasons. So I think, again, going back to implementing our policy wasn't just a knee-jerk decision. I think it should be a really thoughtful process of understanding who your policy is going to impact, understanding where they may be, and you know, really trying to understand who you're applying it to. And then you make an educated decision as to what the right type of policy is. Well, and I think you highlighted earlier that was really good. Here are all the things that you need to consider. You have safety, you have human rights, you have health, you have legal, all the things down the road. You have to weigh all of those things because there's risk attached to all of them and then make your decision. And we didn't just make our decision in a vacuum. One thing I didn't touch on was we did engage external counsel when it actually came time to form our policy. And so that was really helpful. Ultimately, we had to make it our own policy in terms of the language we used and and how it came across. But just having a framework from external counsel to make sure that we'd considered everything. We felt like we had a pretty good sense of the area and felt we were fairly educated, but it was you know almost that gut check of having external counsel provide a bit of a framework to make sure that there wasn't something we'd miss. And so that was an important part of the process for us too. But new territory for them too. With Vexit, we have all these professionals in our marketplace and you know now there's a new headline in there. We want somebody with COVID experience. Well, you didn't have that before, but you can relate it to many other things. So yes, we all need those professionals. Dawn, anything to, to summarize? There's no one solution for every business. Every business has to do it for their own reasons and understand their business. But also understand why you're doing it. And for us, when it came down to some of those difficult conversations, we knew that we were doing it because we wanted and needed to keep our employees safe. And that was a really strong motivator or a really strong driver in standing in front of the policy and getting that across. For some folks, it's not something that they want to hear or will listen to. But when you know you're doing it for the greater good, in this case, it was the greater good of our employees, but also beyond that for our patrons coming in our building and ultimately our community. And so that why was really important. And if you know your why, that will be helpful too. Very well said. And to our listeners who all have businesses, we get thrown curveballs all the time. And being able to have a community of people that you can rely on, knowing what your why is, you know, putting safety first, doing it early, it was another thing you touched on taking all things into consideration, weighing your risks, and then making your decision and go. And we all have to live with the consequences of the decisions we make. So we thank you for your time and for the role that you played in helping our community make some tough decisions. And uh, we look at you as a leader here and we uh, thank you for your time and your sharing of your experience because that helps all of us. You know, we can grow our businesses by learning through other people's experience. So thank you for today. 
Thank, thank you. Thank thanks you. for having us on. Yeah, thanks for the chance to share our journey. Please note that the conversation in this podcast is for informational and learning purposes and does not constitute legal, financial, or business advice. The Ask of Expert podcast is a production of Exit and distributed globally by the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.